Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Talkers, and yes, I gave all the listeners out there an identity, so you're welcome to episode two of the Brew Talks podcast, where we explore how we can build valuable professional networks while sipping our favorite cup of coffee. I'm your host, Benji Gomez, Hispanic Executive 30 Under 30 Honoree, Certified Franchise Executive, and Avid Coffee Consumer. And today's episode is going to be Brewtastic because we will be discussing a new framework that I hope will bring clarity to your professional networking activities and help you discern how to approach growing more social connections using a simple illustration. But before we get into it, I have my very first guest on the Brew Talks podcast, my friend and owner, Alex Sanchez, to talk with us about a festive drink, his business at Be Kind Coffee out of good old Waco, Texas, brews up during the Christmas season. So Alex, what is up, man? How are you? Doing awesome, man. It's a, it's a great Tuesday here in Waco. Great Tuesday, yeah. Um, it was pretty chilly this morning, and then it suddenly got humid. So I think that's uh, on that's par. Texas for you. That's that's <laughs> for Texas, yeah. So talk to me a little bit. I've got a couple questions here for you, but briefly describe for me and for the rest of the world that's listening what Be Kind Coffee is. How did you come up with the concept, and then where did it start? Yeah, so kind of like the highlight reel with Be Kind Coffee, we started here in Waco, Texas, in 2021, height of the COVID pandemic. Uh, it kind of came out of a love of wanting to start a brand from scratch here mm-hmm. in Waco uh, with me and my business partner, um, but wanting to also make an impact in the world, uh, one step at a time, kind of, cool. uh, you know, starting small, but hopefully building to a much bigger impact later on. Mm-hmm. Um, having a love for the coffee industry, we wanted to do something in coffee. Okay. Didn't expect it was going to happen so soon, but 2021, the opportunity just kind of happened. Um, we wanted to start with a concept that was just promoting positivity here in town. Interesting. Okay. Um, and coffee was the way that we were going to do it. Just, it's a very repeatable purchase okay. that people, some people go for every day. Um, and if they don't do every day, they do pretty frequently, like once a week or so. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of gives us a frequent touch point of being able to impact people's lives yeah that's awesome and so talk to me a little bit and for the audience about this spin on positivity it's a unique um concept that's that you're infusing within this love of coffee why positivity why not something else a mantra yeah the world is a dark place uh it really was back then and it still is now and I, i think that's just like a common thing that always has been and will be in, in some facet of the world. Yeah. Um, and so whatever we can do to just spread some positivity and kindness along the way, I think will go far as far as like what the world really needs. Mm-hmm. And it's something that people just respond to as far as branding wise, gotcha. just like spreading a positive message, being lighthearted, 
and like just having fun with it. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of brands don't do that. Okay. They feel more like a brand compared to like your friend that just is kind of there like cheering you on. Yeah. Uh, which is what we hope to do with like our personified voice as a business. That's awesome, man. And recently y'all just expanded to a second location. Is that correct? Yes. We have two locations here in Waco. Our newer location opened in late February, early March of 2023. It's our first brick and mortar location awesome. with like dine in service. Um, so that's been a cool learning experience here in Waco. Just kind of getting to provide a bigger community aspect mm -hmm. with our business compared to just being like drive through and to go only okay. and it gives us a better conversational touch point with people you know being able to have like those longer more intimate conversations like in an actual setting compared to like someone sitting in their car yeah <laughs> <laughs> it just gives us more opportunities to spend time with people and like host community events and things like that awesome and spread the positivity for sure awesome um 10 years down the road what does be kind coffee look like Ever since before day one, our, our goal was 10 years, 10 locations. Okay. Uh, that was kind of like what we said from the very beginning. Uh, not all necessarily here in Waco, but that's just kind of like always on our horizon. It was like 10 years, 10 locations. Gotcha. So we're two and a half years in. We got two. Nice. So on par, is it too much to ask you where you could be potentially looking next? I would love to get us on the outskirts of Waco, you know, okay. Hewitt, Woodway. I live in Hewitt, and so, like, I feel like it would just be a natural progression if the opportunity and the timing with the business mm -hmm. worked out perfectly. Um, but I can really see our brand th thriving in a bigger market as well. Okay. Uh, you know, Austin, Dallas, Houston, I feel like that would be a natural progression as we go. Okay. Yeah. Awesome, man. So, speaking of brick and mortar, before we came onto the podcast, we actually stopped at the shop for a coffee because why have a coffee podcast and not be drinking coffee? So, describe to the audience what we're drinking because it's really yeah. a festive green drink. Kind, um, of, kind of ironic. This yeah. is definitely about coffee, but this is not a coffee drink. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, this is a matcha based drink. It's very, you know, it's like the cousin to coffee, it's a strong green tea. Okay. Japan is what matcha is. Um, most coffee shops serve matcha of some sort. Um, this was actually our very first seasonal drink ever with Beacon Coffee. Back mm -hmm. in 2021, we did it for the Christmas season. Uh, it's our mistletoe matcha. It's a white chocolate peppermint mocha matcha. Mm. It's a mouthful. That's why we went with a catchy <laughs> name, mistletoe matcha. It's green. It's festive. Um, when it's iced, it tastes like melted mint chocolate chip ice cream. Mm -hmm. And that's my favorite. So it's kind of like where I went with like the drink development side was like, what can you do that's like kind of festive? It's something that's very approachable and getting people drinking something that maybe they wouldn't normally try. Yep. Um, a lot of people are apprehensive to try matcha um, just because they think that it historically tastes like grass, which a lot of places it does. Mm -hmm. um, we do our best to do everything we do at the highest quality we can. And so we sourced a matcha that we loved. It's a high quality ceremonial grade. We get it from Hustle uh, Matcha Bar is another name that they call themselves. They're based out of Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, it's just the best we can find on the market. So where do you go for your inspiration to make some of these drinks? Because I saw you whenever you were making it. We were having a conversation right there at the front. And you basically had, what was it, like a, I don't want to say like a mortar. That's not even the right word. Yeah. Uh, it's like basically a bowl that you were crushing up. A and ceramic then, yeah. matcha bowl uh, with a bamboo whisk. Okay. Um, it's the ceremonial way to prepare matcha. Um, I guess some places do it different, but it just felt right to do it and like kind of pay homage to like the proper way to mm -hmm. do it, how places do it, you know, in Japan, um, they do it the ceremonial way, um, 
with a bamboo whisk in a ceramic bowl and then with the proper ratio with water and tea solid man um so again let's let's go back to here what where do you draw your inspiration from to make some of these drinks it's always whenever we're doing like drink development stuff which we do typically like four seasonal menus throughout the year okay uh, based on the season of the year uh, it always goes down back to a feeling i think that's where we usually start was how does christmas time make us feel you know interesting so starting with that and okay. kind of working our way backwards to like okay when i think of christmas what do i think of for me with this first drink here i'm like okay well green and red are typically like the colors i think yeah so like what can drink wise what can we do and so when i think of green i'm like okay cool a matcha based drink makes sense to me what can we do what works well with matcha what's going to give me christmas time feeling and so something pepperminty yeah um and so working in the peppermint mocha aspect into a matcha just kind of felt right gotcha and there are there anybody else like in your profession i'm, I'm gonna say profession because you've been doing this this is your career i would say um in the industry that you consult with or that you lean on for advice whenever you're going through this drink development, which is a really cool word, by the way. I've never heard <laughs> anybody say drink development drink. as like a skill for um, for like constructing what you're yeah. giving to the market. I mean, I, d I definitely think that in everyone these days, you probably always are finding inspiration on social media and stuff these days. Um, for us, whenever we were starting Be Kind, we were just so ignorant on everything that we didn't have the i guess unfortunate i guess it's more of like a fallacy of just like knowing too much mm -hmm. and so the fact that we didn't know anything uh going into it we were kind of able to like have that ignorance is bliss mentality of like yeah oh this is cool like let's just do this like why can't we do this like let's just do it this way uh -huh. and, like try things and stuff and see what we like compared to like, oh, we should do it this way because that's what all the other places are doing. Oh. And so like, although we, we love going to coffee shops and it's yeah. kind of like always been a passion of my, mine, even in previous career and traveling a lot and stuff, it's like, you always go to a coffee shop in town. Mm -hmm. you, know, you always look for the best one or the coolest one and stuff and like see what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, but for us, a lot of the time we try to keep our heads down and not look at what other places are doing and try to figure out like, well, what do we want to do? Right. And like, how does it make us feel compared to like trying to compare ourselves with everyone else? Yeah, that's super interesting because when I think about being a professional in this industry, I'm thinking, OK, well, I need to know as much as I can in order to make the perfect drink or yeah. to understand what consumers really want and then provide that to them. But you all almost took the opposite where it's like you saw your ignorance as an advantage to be unique in this space. So rather than being rigid and going by the book you all really allowed yourself the flexibility and the creativity in yeah. order to create drinks that arguably I haven't seen anywhere else, at least in Waco, but in like in also other yeah. coffee shops that I visited around the, around the country. And I think, I think a lot of that like ignorance for the rules and like breaking, breaking those molds and stuff comes from like both me and my business partner were kind of like artists at yeah. heart. Uh, he's a graphic designer and artist by trade. I've been a photographer and video maker for years. And it's just like we always – I feel like that artist mentality kind of takes over sometimes. It's like yeah. just kind of do whatever you want. Break the rules. Yeah. You know, like once you know the rules, you can break them. It's almost like this uh, – it's almost like it having the audacity to go completely against the grain and not do it the same way that everybody else I've is heard doing. that a lot. 
Yeah. But you got your audacious. You got the audacity to do different things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's it's, it's kind of intentional. Um, my my mentality with a lot of things that we do is I don't like to do things the way that other places are doing them. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, I don't want to be like how the other places are. Because it doesn't give anyone else a reason to patron us mm -hmm. compared to going to everywhere else. Yeah. And so I want to make sure we're being different. That's interesting. So, um, as I mentioned before, there there's a framework that I that I want to talk about. It's called Ping. Um, it stands for um, personal branding, interpersonal communication, uh, the art, just art of networking in general, and then giving value to people. And really, I'm hoping to communicate this framework to the rest of the world to hopefully help them in their social connection and all of their networking activities. But something that you said really pops out of having the audacity to go against the rules and be different. That's really what we talk about in personal branding, where we say, you know, what is your differentiator? What's your value proposition? What do you do so differently and so unique that this is just your corner of the universe that you absolutely own? And so I think to a certain degree, when you look at be kind and hearing your backstory, you kind of put two and two together. It's like we're trying to spread positivity. We're trying to show the world that there is um, in, a, in all of this darkness that we see, especially with what's going on in the news right now. Won't get into that, but that and that'll put you in a really bad mood, you know, to have a space where you can go to have fellowship, to have community, to find that positivity while breaking bread, so to speak, over some really creative drinks that were built by a creative person. I mean, that that that's that's just really cool. And I think that is unique because people traditionally don't do that. And so um, what. How have you seen coffee be a connector of people coffee for me um th and there's this thing that, that people talk about in the coffee industry that uh starbucks of all places howard schultz has spoken about a lot you know going from the 80s to into the 90s was creating that place that it's called the third space theory of huh. providing that third space for people that's not at home it's not at work it's a third space where people can kind of congregate and meet or go and share in connection. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like the overview of it. Um, and that's something like now having a brick and mortar, we're able to kind of see come to fruition a little bit more mm -hmm. uh, with our brand specifically. Um, getting to share that space with students and their parents and everyone else in between that now chooses to come inside of Be Kind Coffee and sit down or even get a drink to go, but come inside and like see them and get to share like an actual connection with them compared to just like talking to them at their drive-thru in, in the window. Yeah. Um, it's very, that's kind of how I see the coffee industry as a whole is providing that space to have those small connections with people. Yeah. Um, cause, and not everybody's open to it. You know, there's definitely days where I'm just like, I just give me the coffee <laughs> you know sometimes yeah and, and the things that we do at be kind it's, it's all intentional in the way that i train the people and like how we speak to people and like trying to kind of intentionally have those conversations with people um not everyone's open to it but everyone needs it in different ways and levels yeah um and it's kind of like how we try to intentionally spread positivity and kind of meet people where they're at okay um in providing that for people and that's kind of how i see the industry moving is as things get more automated yeah and you know people say like 
nobody wants to work and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And like, you know, all of those big chains are like thinking, Oh, how are we going to do it 10 years down the line? Yeah. Um, because nobody's going to want to do this and stuff like that. I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, but I think as st- things start to get more automated and stuff, we'll see a more craving hmm. for those genuine connections and stuff. Cause like when you go to the McDonald's drive through, it's going to be automated. Yeah. And you're not going to see a person and a person may not take your money and, and things like that. And people are always going to want that real thing. Mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah. just cause it's more personal. It's more real. And it's just like, gets you that connection with a human yeah you know what's interesting there's a lot of thoughts that i've got going through my head one is that i like the way that you position the coffee industry as creating that third space right the space where it's outside of work it's outside of um being at home but it's just another one that it's just kind of allowing the shoulders to drop comforting um places where you you know that you're going to have a great time and you know that you can almost escape the stressors of what else is going on in the other two spaces because there definitely are stressors. Um, There's something interesting. I had a thought where I was imagining that with technology and things becoming more automated, we are moving further and further away from each other incrementally, right? So technology speeds everything up. And we've seen probably just in the last couple of years, uh, especially with remote work, that we don't have as many of those connections or the really the opportunities to collide with another human being. There's a book that I read. um, I think it's the author's name is Daniel Coyle. It's called The Talent Code or The Culture Code. One of one of the two. I think actually both of them are titles. And I remember him talking about the way that spaces inside of um, the workplace are structured. So sometimes you have cubicles where you don't interact with anybody else. And then sometimes the spaces are designed to naturally force interaction with people. And what's interesting is that in spaces like yours, like Be Kind, you're actually trying to create that for people that are coming from totally different worlds and trying to find some sort of connection in a world where connection is actually moving away from one another. So I think it's a pretty, it's a great mission. Um, What do you think are barriers aside from these social interactions? What do you think are barriers to people not creating as many relationships as they would like to? Or do you think that's even a problem? I think it's something that it's probably gotten worse as time has gone on. Yeah. You know, not creating, you know, not not just with remote work. I used to work remotely as well, and I definitely did feel that lack of connection with a lot of, you know, coworkers and stuff. You know, you see their name on a Slack screen, yeah. and, it's just <laughs> like, and you make jokes and whatever. But it's like, oh, cool, I've actually never met this person, and we've worked together for, what, three years now? Yeah. Um, and so, like, the real connection's not there. Um, for me, like, I really do think it's a lot of his, and I, I don't know what causes it. Obviously, we can't get to the root of that. But everyone is dealing with, you know, lots of mental health things these days and stuff. And a lot of it, I think, stems from just not having those genuine, like, those genuine personal connections uh, with everyone in their life. Yeah. You know, not making friends like we used to, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Not having those relationships with people. Uh, life just is harder when you don't have, like, those genuine, like, 
connections with everybody. Yeah. And so if we can kind of facilitate that in some way of like, hey, we're a part of a greater community here. You know, it's it's Waco, Texas. You know, it could be a, a big city. Um, but if you're also like a part of the be kind community, it gives mm. you like that social proof of like, hey, like you're in this coffee shop. I'm in this coffee shop. We can have a good moment together. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of something that we're also trying to intentionally facilitate mm-hmm. with our customers and our greater be kind community, just kind of creating those opportunities for people to meet each other and like bond over different things. Yeah. Um, it's one of the reasons I recently started like a run club here. In yeah, town. I saw that. That's awesome. <laughs> and just kind of creating like genuine connections between our staff and me and but also like our customers um, has been awesome. Mm-hmm. building that and those relationships and getting to know people in different ways. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things where like, oh, they have a hat and I have a hat. Let's have a conversation. Like, yeah. hey, like, you know, we both are at Run Club together. Like, what's going on in your life? Yeah. Um, and then like, you know, and it's someone, you know, there could be like a 40-year-old guy who's a marketing executive there. And then there's a junior at Baylor University there. And like, but they have a connection. He's like, oh, what are you studying? And, like, you know, they make that networking connection. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, just a different avenue of meeting people in a genuine way over a shared interest and, like, a shared, like, community of, like, oh, hey, like, we both like Be Kind Coffee. Yeah. You know, we're both here doing this other thing. It's just awesome. That's awesome. So it's, uh, it's it's finding these commonalities that we all share. Like, everybody has something in common, right? And that's sort of the basis for the rapport. Um, I love the the Be Kind Run Club. I actually thought about joining it because obviously <laughs> I've put on a, a couple of pounds since since I last saw you. This is um, not a video podcast. So. Thank God it's not a video <laughs> podcast. Otherwise, I'd have to say just video me from the from the chest up, please. Um, you know, it's interesting because what I'm what I'm finding with a lot of some of the research that I'm doing. Uh, for the podcast, and then just learning about interactions in general. I, I think people are maybe burnt out. Um, when you think when you think about networking and building social connections, just building relationships in general, um, some people are very intentional about it, but I think there are so many things grabbing at our attention that at the end of the day, you don't really think about the necessity or the even the the health benefits of just having solid relationships and building some of that community. And so I I wonder how we can create or where wherever we can, how do we create more opportunities for people to remember what it, remember to be a kid again, right? So when we were kids and you're on the playground, you find it so easy to make friends um, without even having anything in common, really. You're just playing around and you're using your imagination and you like this person just because you love the color shirt that they are. And you, you're sort of just kind of appreciating the person and you're not really looking too far into anything else out except like you're having fun together. And I think as you grow older and older, you start recognizing that I have these insecurities and then I have these fears. And then some of these social pressures start falling upon you and it's like well you know i've got to go in this direction and so i've got to begin prioritizing these things over things that maybe are more important but in long term but don't matter right now um and so it's it's interesting that you've taken such an intentional approach 
to leveraging coffee and trying to your own using the brand that you have now to create this community for people that not only are into coffee but now you're extending into the run club what what other ideas do you have for creating community using the be kind umbrella yeah um basically it starts with our team so kind of what i've tried to do um in the past couple of months with our team is just trying to get them more engaged okay um I want to create a place where people want to come to work because they want to be there, not because they have to be there. Mm. That's kind of like my overarching goal as like their leader is like, I want them to want to be there at 6am, not feel like they have to. And you know, it's hard. Um, And so I'm trying to take this intentional approach with finding interest, shared interest with people on our team um, and what we can do to get involved and engaged with that. And then extending it into our greater community. Um, so like one thing we were doing is with different members of our team, you know, obviously we're doing the run club and that's been going well. And we're really like trying to build that, um, yeah. getting different people involved. Of course, not everybody's into running and I, I get yeah. that. Uh, and so we got a different part of our team involved with latte art competition. Um, huh. What's so that? Th- there was a latte art throwdown here in Waco last month. And in the couple weeks leading up to it, I, like hey is there anyone who wants to participate are you saying latte latte like, art. yeah like, like, like on pouring the... a hot latte oh okay cool so a very different thing it is something that's very common like in the coffee industry and it happens a lot in larger cities having latte art competitions and stuff with baristas and it's something that the public can also get involved in you don't have to be a barista that works at a coffee shop to participate necessarily yeah um you know former baristas could do it and you know at a home barista could do it if you wanted to um, but it's something that just gets like the coffee community fired up generally. Okay. Um, they happen in Waco from time to time, but this time we decided, I was like, Hey, does anyone want to participate? Is there anyone who would like to, you know, use their skills that I've helped them develop, like to just take a stab at it? Um, I'll pay your entrance fee. Nice. Uh, and so we actually had like six people on our team, like step up and they'd be like, Oh, I'd love to try. You know, how can we do this? Can we train for it? You know, stuff like that. I'm like, heck yeah, we can train for it. Yeah. Uh, and like, and they met of their own free will, like after hours when they're not scheduled to work and they wanted to like train and practice yeah. and like got them involved and engaged in it in a different way. Um, you know, and then we invited our community to like come and watch and we met at a different coffee shop here in town and like our team just had such a great time, even though we didn't win. It's, you know, it's not all about winning. Yeah. Um, but I think it was like the journey of like getting them fired up for it training having fun with it also improving their skills which arguably makes them a better employee for us True. as well yeah um and then just like getting them and they're like that's awesome when can we do the next one and, oh. and that's something that we now are going to keep on our horizon of like oh cool maybe we'll travel to austin once a month yeah as a team and just like go and compete in them what would it take i'm just curious what would it take for you and other coffee shops inside of waco to put like a central texas one on yeah um probably just starting the conversation i was gonna say but i'm pr- yeah. kind of putting you on the spot yeah. for it but like that's something i'm sure in like more recently like for keeps coffee they did the one that we participated in okay um and i think we're open to hosting one ourselves and stuff like that it's just a lot i'm not an event planner uh don't put that on me okay but <laughs> you know i'm happy to be there yeah i'm happy to participate <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, I think that's something that's really big with us at, at Be Kind is what can we do 
for the greater Waco community, but also getting involved in the coffee community. You know, we're really good friends with people at Pinewood and Dichotomy as well. Cool. Um, and we, we just do our best to like collaborate and help each other out wherever we can, when we can. Gotcha. Um, cause I don't see it as competition. Like we're all existing. We're all businesses. We're all trying to succeed. Yeah. And there's room for it all. Man, that's awesome. And and I really, we're, we're coming to the end of the podcast, but I, I do want to highlight that last sentiment that you just offered, which is we are all trying to lift each other up. And that's really the basis for Brutox is we are trying to pass along as much good fortune and as much opportunity to everybody that we interact is as we can. And part of that is making sure that we are good enough and that we have the abilities to go out and create as many connections for not only ourselves and our careers and our businesses and things like that, but so that once we have those connections, we can then be the channels of opportunity for other people. And so I, I really like your approach of we're trying to lift everybody up and not just myself. So I, I can relate. Um, so bridging to the end, I want to ask you just one question. Um, obviously, this is a networking podcast. This is a social network podcast, I guess I would say. And so tell me, how have you – what have you learned about networking? How do you go about building relationships? Believe it or not, uh, I used to be way more introverted than I am now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some people don't believe that. Um, when I'm at Be Kind Coffee, I turn it on. You know, uh, I, I view it as kind of like it's almost like a stage. You know, it's, a, it's hmm. an entertainment aspect yeah. to it. Um, but when I go home, I don't talk at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for me, like the networking aspect and stuff, it's something I've gotten a little bit better at. I'm still not great at it. But I just like getting to hear people's stories. Thanks again, Alex, for joining the Brew Talks podcast. If you enjoy the content of this episode, and this is something you'd like to put in your coffee morning, noon, and night, please subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.